Hello and welcome. Welcome back to a very special episode of All Things Urticaria, your favorite Urticaria podcast from the UCARE network. Happy U Day, happy Urticaria Day to all of you out there who uh, have this disease, uh, care for patients who have it, or know someone who has urticaria. This is one way of raising awareness of this disease, and who better? to welcome to this episode, but Tonya, Tonya, very happy to have you on board. Hello. Hi, great to see you, Marcus. Thank you so much for having me today. Tonya, why don't you tell our listeners uh, where you are, who you are, and how you connect? Sure. So I'm Tonya Winders, and I am the president of the Global Allergy and Airways Patient Platform. We are 108 patient advocacy groups all over the world that focus on immunology and respiratory. And we represent close to 1 billion patients living with these types of conditions. Our organization is based in Vienna, Austria. Um, however, you will hear I am from the southern United States, and so I am based outside of Nashville, Tennessee. And again, it's my pleasure to be with you guys today and to talk a little bit about the patient perspective in urticaria and the work that patient advocacy organizations are doing. Fantastic, because I know that's a huge unmet needs, uh, uh, need. I talk to a lot of colleagues, a lot of patients in countries where there are no patient organizations for chronic urticaria, um, or they're just beginning to form. And you, um, uh, with this global umbrella organization, probably have a lot of good tips and tricks for people who like to get organized to get something off the ground. Um, but let me start by asking you a question that I always, it's, it has puzzled me. Um, for some of the diseases, we have very strong, very powerful patient organizations that uh, help us physicians, that help uh, regulators to make the right decisions, that help companies to inform their decisions on what drugs to develop. Why is, and, and I wonder if you see that too, you know, talked about asthma and, and, and other diseases. Why is it that there are such big differences in how patients get organized around their cause? Well, I think that with chronic urticaria, it is a bit different and challenging. Number one, I think the remitting, relapsing sort of, you know, back and forth of symptoms. I think the, um, you know, the shame that comes with the disease, the stigma that comes with the disease is quite unique and different. Um, I think that when you are fighting to just recognize the person in the mirror, that it's hard to imagine putting that out publicly or, you know, um, really advocating on behalf of others yeah. when you're solely just trying to connect with who you see in the mirror. Yeah. And so um, that's what I've heard from many patients. And you're right. I mean, currently there are only about a dozen dedicated chronic urticaria or patient organizations in the world, in the world. Wow. And the majority of them were started in the last three to five years. And so that's one of the things that GAP is working on is just how do we empower more patients and patient advocates across the globe to speak up, to come together, to collaborate, to raise awareness and educate the patient community, the caregiver community and the healthcare provider community about that patient perspective. Absolutely. And just to say that and say it very loud and very clear, 
for physicians, it is so important to have patient advocates um, helping us to educate patients, to guide them to where they get the help they need, um, to empower them. And we really do uh, try. Um, and aside from the reasons that you've already mentioned, I I, I get one response a lot, and that's as this is. Dr. Mara, you know how tired I am with this stupid disease. You know how how exhausted I am just trying to manage my own life. No. Yes. Um, and uh, so I, I I don't really know what to respond to that. I I understand how devastating this disease can be, um, and my tip then is well let's find uh, let's find uh, buddies let's find a group yes. let's do this together but you probably have much more sophisticated advice well i think that you know again there's always the power of one and it only takes one person to get that spark going but it takes many it takes all of us it takes a team you know there is really um no true advancement of awareness, education, and policy change and prioritization in working in a silo or working all alone. It's why I welcome what you're doing at UCARE and why it's so very important the way that you have brought patients and patient advocates into that fold, into that discussion around setting guidelines and prioritizing the disease awareness and education efforts. And so I, I think that you know, what I would say to that one individual is um, my belief is that we go through things in order to turn our, our test into a testimony, our pain into a purpose. And, and so, you know, it wasn't for nothing that you were given this, if you will, thorn in the side. And, and how do you use that to help other people and to advance your own life and care in order to, to really be empowered and to live without limits? Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm wondering before we come to some tips and tricks that we can provide patients with, uh, I know many patients are listening to this podcast, so uh, this will be immediately effective. Um, uh, uh, what can we do? What can physicians do to help patients? Um, to help patients. Do we even know where patients see the unmet needs? I mean, I know where I'm seeing them, but that doesn't mean that these are the ones that patients have. Yeah. You know, Marcus, it's it's heartbreaking, actually, because the story that I hear time and time again from CU patients is this. The doctor thinks I'm crazy. Mm. I go to you know the emergency room. They treat me. They discharge me. I go on to follow up and the doctor can't put the pieces of the puzzle together. And I always say you're at the wrong doctor. Right. <laughs> if that's how you're feeling. You need to find, you know, again, a network of experts that are dedicated to this very unique rare disease um, and, and, and one that will listen to you, one that will truly empathize, listen to you, take the appropriate time to put the pieces of the puzzle together and to give you the hope that life doesn't have to be this cycle of the, you know, the thing that comes back time and time again the lack of predictability, the lack of control, the constantly knowing that, you know, I really can't plan anything in my life because of uncontrolled symptoms of CU. So to me, it's that finding that right partnership, entering into a true shared decision-making discussion um, with an expert in this space that is willing to go along the journey with you, knowing that it's not 
always one plus one equals two when we're dealing with CU. And, and there are many of us now, Tonya. No? Uh, we have 162 urticaria centers of reference and excellence in 43 countries. Um, and these people, these colleagues, they, they it sounds weird, but they love urticaria and they love yes. to care for patients with urticaria. Uh, of course, with millions of people affected by this stupid disease, uh, not all of them will be uh, able to come to a UCARE, but the UCARE has also worked to educate um, uh, dermatologists and allergists and even GPs in private practice to, to help uh, find that. And, and I, I really like what you said. It's difficult for me to say, no, because uh, I am a physician, but you can say it and you should say it. If you <laughs> are a patient right now and your doctor cannot help you or doesn't want to help you, then you are with the wrong doctor. And yes. there are other doctors. Don't, don't, uh, yeah, don't suffer in silence and just accept yes. that uh, this is your fate. No, uh, there are people who are ready, willing, and able and happy to to help. Exactly. And it's why patient advocacy and the awareness efforts that we're doing on World Urticaria Day and throughout the year are so very important because, again, it is that suffering in silence that has been the story for so many thousands and hundreds of thousands of patients for years. And so I think that, you know, changing that expectation and providing the hope is really step one in getting someone out of that cycle of seeing the right provider, elevating to the appropriate level of care, and, and getting the answers that you need to carry on with being a full person, because yes. we're not a patient, we're people. And exactly. we want this chronic condition to be the last thing we think of instead of the first thing every day. Tanya, the motto's, uh, motto of this year's UK, U-Day is uh, access to care. So we are right on target here. Uh, of course, we want to bring treatments that help to all patients, even uh, patients or especially patients who live in countries uh, where modern treatments are not yet available or not easy to access. But um, I think it's just as big of a challenge for many patients in countries where we have antihistamines and we have omalizumab and we have modern treatment um, and to find access to care is critical. So happy you day again. And uh, with the millions of people we reached uh, last year by everything that was done on you uh, day on urticaria day, my hope is that this year we will even help more patients um, with that message. Now, one of the one of the things that you care network lives by is never give up. In fact, if you yes. want to become a you care, um, that's one of the 32 criteria that you have to fulfill, the never give up attitude. And yes. we, we do want our patients to feel and to see that this is also our message to them to not give up uh, if you haven't reached control of your disease. But we're getting sidelined here. I really want to uh, have some of the um, hands-on tips and tricks um, I hear from some patients who are interested, um, many questions. What do we do? How do we do this? Should we have a foundation? Should we have a Facebook group? Should we have uh, person meetings? Should this all be online? What's your experience to, to move to the next step rather than building a big uh, um, thing that cannot be achieved easily? 
Yes. So I think number one, recognizing that there are already several resources out there. As I said, there's about a dozen um, national organizations that have sprung up throughout the world. Um, GAP is convening those on a monthly basis. And so there is a community of global advocates that's already meeting on a monthly basis. So maybe that's the first place to plug in because we will help you determine is there already an organization in your country or do we need to register and help you form and start an organization? And then what is that mission? How are you going to move forward? Is it simply to drive awareness? That would dictate some of the channels that you may use. Um, is it to educate patients or individuals living with CU, caregivers, healthcare professionals, policymakers? You know, what is your angle of and mission of your, of your aim and organization? And we can help you to define that and then to support that activity. We actually have financial resources dedicated to starting new CU organizations throughout the world. Very important. And, and then being a part of a, a global community, right? We have turnkey resources and tools. UCARE has turnkey resources and tools that will help you to learn how to be a better advocate. Um, everything from fundraising to social media platforms to you know, engaging with industry um, and, and securing those, those types of grants and funds to advance your mission. So there's many different, uh, if you will, capacity building skills that we're here to support you through that journey. Um, and, and I think that the thing is, anyone can do this. Like yeah. there are some elements of work that you need, you know, professional training and, um, you know, years of furthering education and things like that. Being a patient advocate takes really one key thing, passion, and that never give up attitude that you just spoke about. Yeah. When you have that, Again, you, you may not be able to change the world, but you mm -hmm. can absolutely change your world and the, the individuals in your sphere of influence. And so that's what we really just encourage with these patient advocates um, who are interested in getting started and forming, forming an organization and really being a part of a broader community to raise awareness and to change the space of CU. Thank you. Thank you, Tonya, for these uh, tips and tricks and, and more importantly, for the support that you offer. Uh, we will put the links to your uh, organization and, and the resources you talked about in the show notes. So please check it out um, if you're interested to see what's going on. This is also for physicians who like to help patients um, um, find a way to get things going. And as you said, you know, it takes it takes one person to move uh, and then build a group and then different skills come to build the resources that are needed um, and make this all uh, efficient. Um, you know, Marcus, one of the things I wanted to bring up is so many times when I'm listening to CU patients, there is this element of why. And I think as human beings, we want to know why. Why me? What am I doing? How can I do something? You know, that, that degree of control and the lack of control that's often associated with chronic urticaria. And I think that's a really important element to those that are out there listening, living with the disease. We may never know the underlying why right? What is it? Oh, less than 20% of patients really know the cause, the why. 
the, you know, offending agent that may be exacerbating their chronic urticaria symptoms. So living in that tension of not fully understanding the why. And, and I say, sometimes it is that it's that, that recognizing um, you may never know why. Maybe it is just to help other people who are living with this condition to encourage someone who is caregiving. And, you know, I, I have a, a patient story that I will never forget. It, it was a woman who on her 40th birthday, she and her partner had planned a trip to France, to Paris. And it, it was a place that she had longed to go her entire life. And she told the story of on the morning of her 40th birthday, sitting in a hotel bathroom on the floor with the door locked, refusing to allow her life partner to see her because of an urticary exacerbation in the symptoms. And she said, you know, Tanya, I had lived 40 years of my life um, at that point. And the very person who loves me unconditionally, who has been with me through this journey, I, I just, I could hardly look at myself, much less some, allow someone else. And as much as my heart broke for her in that moment, yeah. my heart broke for, for her partner, yeah. that he had this plan, this, you know, extravagant 40th birthday celebration, and that, um, you know, was somewhat isolated and locked out. And so I think that this is a disease that oftentimes we fail to realize sort of the domino effect that it may have on an yeah. individual, the psychosocial impact. Absolutely. This is not just about the skin. It's much no. more than skin deep. You're right. And, uh, Tonya, we sometimes uh, talk about the greater patient, no? Yes. It's the parents, it's the friends, it's the brother uh, and the sister, it's the colleagues at work. Um, everyone really suffers, you know, they, they, they feel sorry for the patient, um, but they also, they're also impaired. So if you say, I'm, 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 take that trip, you know, and the, and the husband, but there's also maybe the party that uh, at short notice you're not coming to, or yes. uh, all these things that we do that uh, um, we do with others that yeah. suffer because of yeah. this unpredictable, stupid disease. Yeah. yeah. And, and know, so I think that that's the key, right? If you've got that stress, if you've got that anxiety, if you're facing those issues, don't do it alone. Like yeah. there is a professional network in you care out there. There is a patient network in the global allergy airways patient platform out there and there's help. So yeah. don't feel like that you're on this Island, you know, facing all of that stress and anxiety uh, without support. And, you know, not only are there people who care, there are also people who can do something about this. Yes. We are much better today, much. you know, even than five years ago or 10 years ago. No, we have, we have an app. We have yes. a great medication. We have uh, a really good information to uh, tell patients uh, what they can do to yes. take control of their disease. This is very different than when I started many years back to see patients uh, for the first time. So there are solutions um, and we encourage patients to find them and guide other patients to them. And there's more coming. The innovation in this space, you know, the work that's being done by you and other brilliant minds in understanding the science and advancing the science, um, and our industry partners and the way they're investing in assets 
that, again, provide hope and innovation to a space that five or 10 years ago, really, there was very little out there. So I think that's the other thing, like that, you know, if, if someone happens to be catching this today and you haven't seen that expert provider that really is dedicated to the CU space in the last year or two, go back, have a new conversation, change your expectation of what life really can be. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, Tony, I wonder if you have um, a success story for those who are thinking about um, building something. You talked about the uh, 13, 14 national or, or, or regional organizations you are helping. Which one impressed you? Which one is the one where you say, well, if, uh -huh. if we could yeah. do it again? Um, yeah. So, you know, I, there are several, but the one that probably um, is so unrelenting in her passion and her desire um, is Elaine from Canada, right? Elaine is um, someone who, again, turned her own tragedy, her own test, her own, you know, just frustrations into a passion and a movement across Canada um, ultimately, she has been a part of establishing national guidelines, now working on global guidelines for patients and for healthcare providers. Um, she is leading the way of, of really teaching other individuals how to start a nonprofit, how to run a nonprofit in this space. Um, and, and truly, although um, at times I'm sure still deals with those moments of frustration or fear or anxiety, um, a post-traumatic stress associated with the disease, Elaine doesn't let that hold her back. Yeah. She has that never give up attitude. And um, again, in getting the right treatments has such fewer symptoms on a daily basis in getting that appropriate level of care, access, access, access. And now she's fighting for access for others. Yeah. And so, you know, when I talk to Elaine, when I listen to her, it is all about, you know, how do we make my lived experience more individuals lived experience rather than the millions that are living out there right now with limitations. Well, thank you so much, Tonya, for sharing that story, for sharing your advice, um, sharing your passion. It was uh, great to have you here. And the message of hope rings loud and clear. This is uh, encouragement and um, an offer, an offer to support all and everyone who's interested in uh, helping others and helping themselves to uh, create resources, empowerment, knowledge, awareness of urticaria. Thank you, Tonya, um, yes. for being Thank with you. us today. Thank you and happy world see you day. There you go. Happy urticaria again to you, Tonya, and all of our listeners out there. Celebrate, celebrate that we're moving to a new era of urticaria treatment. Uh, if you're a patient, if you're a urticariologist, if you work to develop new treatments for urticaria, all of you are welcome to join uh, Urticaria Day. Talk to everyone who you see about this disease and what resources and uh, energy are needed 
to help as many patients out there as we can to get their disease under control. People, we will have a lot of information to guide you to further information in the show notes. So uh, check it out, uh, click the links. Um, there are also previous episodes where we feature the patient's voice. And this is so important uh, for patients, but also for us so that we learn um, where patients need us uh, most and what patients need from us. Please check out all the previous episodes of All Things Urticaria and look forward together with me to the next episode for today. Happy you day. Happy Urticaria day to all of you and stay well. Be healthy. Bye-bye.